Uh, one of the things that uh, I had a little chuckle about is I heard you talking with Seth Godin, and Seth says that uh, his wife considers him the American version of Mitch Joel. He's just being funny. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that I'm the bald white version of Seth Godin. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting. You and I uh, hooked up a little bit when we were at NMX there. Did you see anything interesting or new while you were there at NMX? Yeah, in fact, not only something that interested me, but something that I'm using like crazy all the time now that I absolutely love called Buffer. I had not heard about Buffer. Uh, it was great to meet Leo, who was introduced to me via Jay Bear. And I think Buffer is probably one of the coolest tools I have ever used in terms of helping me put more content uh, that I've that I've actually looked at and analyzed and thought about to share in a way that makes it more palatable to my social graph. So I'm I'm loving Buffer. You Check know, it out. Buffer yeah, app. I've been using it for about a year and a half, and as you say, I think it's one of the most valuable tools that I've got. Um, have you checked out the uh, the analytics on the back end too that it does? I'll tell you, you know, candidly, Mark, I looked at it, but I'm not an analytics guy. I'm an analytics guy in terms of I believe brands uh, should be measuring everything and down to micro conversions. And I am a, a fond follower and advocate of people like Avinash Koshik, who would probably be considered, and, and Brian, Brian Eisenberg and people like that. Um, but I don't look at any analytics of my own content at all. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Avinash is one of my heroes, too. The guy's awesome. Just Great awesome. dude. Um, the, speaking of brands, then, what'd you think about this weekend on the Super Bowl? Anything stand out for you? Nope, nothing stood out for me. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> and I'd have to agree. I've been following uh, what's been going on, and uh, for four million dollars, you think that people could be able to do better? Yeah, I don't look at it that way. Um, I'll tell you, in general, I, I always push back when people say I run an advertising agency. Um, I, I think I run a marketing agency. That's my general consensus. And I, I think that I have a palette for advertising, meaning I have an interest and I look at it and I go, you know, good or bad. But I don't tend to believe that because I have any level of experience, it means my feeling or sentiment about it has any more or less value than, the, than anyone else. One. Two is I don't think that it's a waste of money. I think that brands are on the platform. And they are leveraging the platform beyond the platform of the Super Bowl. They're talking about it on YouTube. They're posting it. They're sharing it on Facebook. There's buildup. There's PR around it about who's advertising. There are dynamics at play in the marketing sphere that go well beyond it being $4 million specifically for a 30-second spot. And I do think that the majority of brands who are there are getting what they deserve, meaning that they are capturing the attention of people for 30 seconds at a time when a lot of people are converged in one particular place and that is profoundly powerful. Whether or not we appreciate the comments the sincerity, the directness, I believe that to be secondary and third in the rank of what it accomplished. And I think the goal of what the Super Bowl offers as an advertising placement, it still accomplishes. Interesting, uh, because my perception is that uh, a lot of those ads are so traditional that they don't break out of that normal mold and they don't break into the social media uh, well, they don't have to. Not all, not all marketing has to, nor, nor should it. It is a platform by which you are given 30, 60 seconds to express to the world information. And we tend to forget that, that the real creation of advertising is an information mechanism. Nobody's going to write an article about the fact that Brand Flakes now has dried blueberries in it. And so the brand must take it on itself through the purchase of mass media to create that information. 
I also don't think in many instances that certain brands and information that needs to be communicated needs to go beyond that pure information. I don't know that there's brand evangelists for, for the fact that there's no dried blueberries in a cereal. <laughs> All right, I'll go with that. It just, it just keeps coming back to my mind what Old Spice was able to do uh, with uh, how in the hell can you do something with deodorant the way that they did it? Yeah, well, I think that there are new brand narratives that can be told, and you're right in that sense, that you can tell a brand narrative in a very different way, from the commercial to the web to what you do on mobile and things like that. There's no doubt about that. But but I still think to sort of judge it against the value of a mass market like that, where you can let people know that Iron Man 3 is coming out, it's sort of hard to top that type of audience. Hmm. So let's say we've got the eyeballs now in general. What I want to do is is move into the future here because you've got a, the pulse of, of where social media is right now and where it's headed. Can you give us some kind of crystal ball over the next year to two years where we should be looking for, for changes or what we should be looking for in social media? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is the availability of a brand to really have a direct and powerful relationship with their consumer. And that fundamentally hasn't changed. I just think the dynamics of that relationship seem to be uh, somewhat of a moving target. And so one of those moving targets is the fact that brands can actually do things now. Before it really was brands and most brands still are driven by this idea of messages and communications. Uh, I will have a Facebook page that tells you that I have this fantastic sale or special or coupon or, or event or whatever. But brands can actually make things now. So think about it this way. Uh, before a brand could advertise on the Huffington Post or a brand could potentially be written about in the Huffington Post. Well, now a brand can actually create the next Huffington Post. And I think for my dollar, that's the most interesting white space. And I call it utilitarianism marketing, the ability for a brand to create a utility, something people actually want and would use and might even, in fact, pay for. I see that as the most exciting aspect of it. And I think the reason it coalesces so beautifully is because of the fact that we have social channels, which enable these brands to have direct relationships, likes, friends, followers, friendships with consumers, should they be willing. So if I am a company here and I've got my toe in the water in social media, you're talking about setting up the brand not as a product, but uh, as as the the message. I'm not clear on what you're where you're going. I'll give you an example. Okay. So um, you know, one of my favorite examples of this is Charmin, toilet paper company, Procter and Gamble. They have an app called Sit or Squat. And the way the app works is you download it and you turn it on and it tells you where the cleanest bathroom is in nearest vicinity to where you physically are. <laughs> you can add a bathroom. You can rate a bathroom. You can comment on a bathroom. You can find out which bathrooms are handicap accessible, which bathrooms have changing tables for kids. That's a utility. That's something I keep in my travel folder in my iPhone right next to my airline apps because it's something that I travel a ton and provides me with a lot of utility. I'd rather go to a clean bathroom, obviously, than a dirty one. Mm -hmm. And so that as a, as, a, as a marketing engine is fundamentally different than the old model where I could just basically buy a, buy a billboard, take some ads on walmart.com, uh, inform people that it's now three-ply or whatever it might be. Brands can actually create utility. Think about the fuel band. Think about Nike's fuel band. It's a utility. It keeps you active. And at the same time, it's a permanent brand that sits on your wrist. And every time it, it, it sort of bleeps and shows you that you haven't hit all your fuel points for the day, it's also a reminder of how connected you are to the brand. That's beyond a slogan of just do it or beyond a celebrity endorsement by Tiger Woods. No, very nice. Very nice.
So you're continuing the discussion on your blog. Why don't you give us the, the places that we can get in contact with you and follow what you're doing? Sure. www.twistimage.com forward slash blog. Twitter is Mitch Joel. Or if you just Google Mitch Joel, you should be able to find me. Great. Um, and then you're up in Canada, right? Your company's up in Canada? Yeah, we have offices in Montreal and Toronto. The company's called Twist Image. And uh, I, 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 while we have office physical offices here, my office really is my MacBook Air, and that's wherever it may take me. And I'm on the road quite often, so I'm, I'm usually anywhere and everywhere. Great. I hope to see you again soon. It'd be my pleasure. Thank you for your time, Mark. Thank you.